We're going to skim through the first point, and really, really the message is in the second point, in my opinion. I think that that is where we're really going to get the help that we need for tonight. Uh, y'all know I like, I like teaching in a way that's practical, right? Uh, I know, you know, a lot of times we hear teaching, you should, you should, you should, you should. Okay, I want to say, I know, I know, I know, I know, tell me how, you know? And so, really, we're going to see that tonight. Uh, we're going to see where we need the power, the strength, you know, and then we're going to say, how do we get it? I know I need it. How do I get it? Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Now, let's look in Colossians 1 and verse number 9. If you're there, say amen. amen. For this cause, what cause? He, Paul is saying he heard about their salvation. He heard about their faith and their belief and their trust. Remember, Paul is in prison. Uh, he is writing a letter to Colossae. He's never been there before. He's never seen these people. It is just a outreach of his ministry in Ephesus. And they're struggling, and he is reaching them and helping them and encouraging them. He said, now, since we heard of your salvation and the birth of this church here in Colossae, he said, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the, what's that word? Knowledge, Knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, let's look in verse number 11. Let's all read. Everybody read with me. Okay, here we go. Strengthened with all, say that word again, with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Now, how many of y'all could use more patience and more long suffering and be able to do it with joy? If we're going to be able to do that, we're going to have to be strengthened with all might by his glorious power. Amen? Amen. So that's what we're going to learn tonight. We're going to talk about the strength that we need and we can have that is available through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I'm glad to be here. I hope you are too. I'm ready to learn, to grow, and to dig into God's word. Are y'all ready to, to learn tonight? All right, well, let's pray, and uh, uh, we will ask God to help us out this evening. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be able to hang out with your people and, with, and dig into your word and study and glean and, and, and just, uh, just feast at your table tonight. Lord, I pray that your spirit will be just as real and just as evident in, in our Fairview campus, Lord, with our Fairview family. I pray that you will just permeate that place. And as we all learn together, Lord, speak to us. Lord, we don't want to just hear what the Bible is saying. We want to hear what the Bible is saying to us. Lord, speak to us as individuals. We all have needs. We all have issues. We all have weaknesses. We all have areas that need work. And I pray that you'll speak to each and every person as we hear your word taught tonight. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> we find Paul is, is, he's encouraging a group of people, like I said earlier, that he's never seen. Uh, he's never been to this church. He's never been there in person. So he, he would have never seen them. He's never met them. All he has is heard about their faith. He's heard about the church that was birthed there in Colossae, which is an outreach of his ministry in Ephesus. 
they're struggling, they're having issues, and, and really this is an introductory chapter, and we've been in it for about four or five weeks, but it's, that's fine. We got till Jesus comes, amen? Uh, and, and we've talked about several things that Paul was concerned for them and praying for them. Uh, one, he prayed for their knowledge. He said, I want you to grow in knowledge. I don't want you to be biblically illiterate. I want you to know some things. And, 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 and I'm not going to go into detail because i gotta, I got to finish this tonight. Amen. But go back and listen again and think about this. He wants them to know God's will for their life. He wants them to know the person of God. And, and, and why do we need to know God? Because the number one commandment that we have in God's word is to love God. Amen. Love him with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul. You can't love somebody you don't know. And we need to love him. We need to know him. And the only way we can love him is to know him. So he wants them to have a greater understanding of who God is and the knowledge of God's will. He, he was concerned about their walk. He was concerned about how they behaved. How they, how they exercise their Christianity with those around us. If you're only Christian in this building, you have a problem. We need to walk the walk, amen? And that walk needs to be pleasing unto the Lord. And, and he, he, he said, that's what I'm praying for, that you'll have a walk that's pleasing. Then he began, last time, last time we, we learned about our work. Say that word with me, our work. Our work. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times, many Christians are like a lot of young people. I heard a man say the other day that he was going to dress up for Halloween. He was going to dress like a, up like a job and scare his children to death. <laughs> are y'all with me? Sometimes I think we forget that as Christians, as children of God, we've got a job. We've got responsibilities. We have a vocation. We have a responsibility, and that job is the job of reconciliation, bringing people to Christ, bringing people, teaching people, telling people, witnessing of Christ and who he is. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at your name and say, you got a job. We got, we got to get busy. There are people who do not know the Lord. And, and Paul said, I speak this to your shame. Listen, there is no reason in this world anybody in Coleman County should not know Jesus. Are y'all with me? We have a job. He's concerned about their work. But now he says in verse number 11, <clears throat> he says in verse number 11, he said, I'm also praying that you'll be strengthened with all might, strengthened with all might. Now, strengthened is a process, right? It's, it's to enable, to enable. If you look up that word, it means to enable you, to give you the ability to accomplish something. Strengthened with all might. The second word, might, here in this particular chapter, it means force. Actually, a, a miraculous power, a, a, a dunamis, if you will. It is the ability, the power, that, and we know where it comes from. He says, by his glorious power. So he is teaching us that we need to have power. We need to have strength. It doesn't matter what you know if you don't have the strength to use it. Somebody say amen. You can be the greatest fighter in the world. You can be the greatest fighter in the world, have all the knowledge in the world. But if you are weak and you don't have any strength, it's not going to, you're not going to accomplish anything. And so uh, I wanted to take, like I said, the, the, the main, really the main body, the main point messages that I want you to get to apply is in point number two. But I wanted you to kind of understand with point number one, 
where you actually need this strength. And, and, and maybe I'm preaching to the choir here on this deal. You say, preacher, you don't have to tell me. I know where I need it. I got teenagers. Say amen. I got girl teenagers. Matter of fact, I had a whole litter of them. Are y'all with me? In, in, in one house with five women and only two bathrooms. Do I have a witness, anybody? How many of y'all have teenagers? Anybody have teenagers? How many of y'all been around teenagers? Uh-huh. How many of y'all have had people, you know what, what series we've been in? You know what series we've been on forgiveness? How many of y'all know we need strength for that? Mm-hmm. So uh, there are specific areas that, that God gave us in his word where we really need his strength. We really need his power. You will not, I say it again, you will not be able to do these things on your own. You cannot. It's impossible. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, let's jump into our, our lesson. Let's look at the first two in our introduction. Peter says this in 1 Peter 4.11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Now watch this. This is really important. If any man minister or serve or work what you do for God, if any man minister, let him do it as of the... Come on, y'all. y'all. It's right at the top of your page, okay? Let him do it as of the... Which... In other words, if you're going to serve, you need to serve in the strength and ability that God gives you. Amen. Way too many times we try to do what God's called us to do in our ability, in our strength, with our power. And you know what happens? We get frustrated, we get fatigued, and it ends up in failure. And then we want to blame God. When, when Jesus said it so well in John chapter number 15, without me, ye can do nothing. Now, Paul, Peter is saying this. If you're going to do something, if you're going to serve God, do it with the ability that God gives. Why? That God in... Come on, everybody. That God in... May be through Jesus Christ. Now, watch this. Now, this is going to make sense. You're going to have that aha moment tonight. Why do you think, why do you think God sent David into the valley to kill the giant and not Saul or any of the great heroes or the great soldiers in the Jewish army? Because David couldn't do it on his own. He had to have God's power and they knew if it's going to get done, God had to do it. So, so what did David say when he got down there? That, that Philistine said, I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls of the air. And my dog that you sent a kid at, out here. And he said, I tell you what. He said, everybody's going to know on that side. And everybody's going to know on that side. Talking about the Philistines here and the, and the Israelites here. That there is a God in Israel. What is he doing? He's giving glory to God. He now, what, is, what can we learn from this? What's the practical thing that we can learn from this? If you can do what you're doing without him, it's not what he called you to do. If what you're doing is easy to do, it's most likely not what he called you to do. But if what you're trying to do is impossible without him, you're on the right track. You're on the right track. 
It's kind of like when, when I was working with Russell, uh, Russell Marsh. He, he, he does, uh, 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 help me, trim work. And we were cutting crown molding. Y'all, y'all, you know, that, that real special aggravating stuff. And, 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 and I'm, I'm cutting different pieces and I cut it like four times and it was still wrong. And I, I was just ready to throw everything. I was mad. And he said, son, if it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. Amen. Now, if it's easy, then that something's not right because God calls us to do what only he can do so that who's going to get the credit. Are, does this make sense? You're wondering, you're wondering why, you're wondering why God is calling us to do stuff in his word that seems impossible because it is so that when you are able to do it, you're only going to be able to do it through his power. So you can't do nothing but kick back and say, it's all God so that he gets the glory. He gets the glory. Now watch this, watch this Galatians chapter two, verse 20, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, what? I live. Yet not I, but. Say that again. But. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What's he saying there? It ain't me doing it. Paul died. What I'm able to do the preaching I'm able to, 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 to give, uh, the ministries I'm able to build, uh, the, the churches that I'm able to plant, it's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. And that's what we've got to understand, that it's all him. Yes, it's hard. Yes, the Christian life is impossible at times. It's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be difficult. And I will venture to say it's supposed to be impossible on our own. Amen. So that when we get it accomplished, we can't try to take credit for it. There's no way David went up there and said, did y'all see the skill in that sling work I just showed you? <laughs> Are y'all with me? Yeah. Did you notice how skillfully that that rock came out that sling? But how many times you see Christian workers kind of bragging on what they're doing? If, if you can brag on it, it wasn't of him. It just wasn't. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. All right, let's hurry. Let's hurry. Let's hurry. We've got to finish. One, we see the need for strength. And I'm just going to breeze through these. We're not even going to talk about them much. Just breeze through it. Where do we need strength? Because of the temptations we experience. Write that down. The temptations we experience. So what he says in Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong. There's that, that word. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why do we need to be strong? He says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles is trickery, deception, Right? He says, be strong in the Lord. Why? Because the devil's going to try to deceive us. He's going to try to tempt us. For we wrestle not. How many of y'all have ever wrestled? Even if it was a sibling. Right? You wrestle. What happens when you wrestle? Obviously, y'all hadn't. You get tired. 
I mean, really, honestly, if you just wrestle just a little bit, it don't take much wrestling to get tired. It'll wear you out quick. Now, let's put that on the, on the spiritual side. How many of y'all have gotten real tired lately trying to be what God wants you to be? You've been wrestling. You've been wrestling with temptation. You've been wrestling with the devil. You've been wrestling with doing right. You've been wrestling. And when you wrestle, you get tired. We need to be strong in the Lord. If we do it on our own, we're going to get tired. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against what? Spiritual, spiritual wickedness in high places. There is no fatigue like spiritual fatigue. And see what will happen when we get spiritually fatigued, we stop wrestling the devil and we start wrestling each other. And we forget who the real enemy is. You're not the enemy. I'm not your enemy. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's spiritual. Amen? So we need strength for the temptations we experience. B, we need strength for the task we employ, the job we have. What did he say in Matthew 28? Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All what? Power. Come on, everybody. All power. all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, what's that word? Therefore. therefore. You remember what the word therefore is? You go before it and find what is therefore. Right? So he says, all power is given to me. Then he says, go make disciples. Go make disciples. So could you, would you agree with me that he is teaching us here? That if we're going to go make disciples, that we're going to need his power to do it? I mean, that's obvious. There's no way around that. He said, I've got all power in heaven and on earth. So therefore, because I have that power, you go make disciples. Now, he is telling us to go make disciples. That's the task that we have. But he is telling us, I got the power to get it done. And if you back that up, if you back that up with Acts 1.8. He says, I've got all power in verse 18 of Matthew 28 and Acts 1, 8, Acts 1, 8, but ye shall receive what? Power. power. After that, the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost has come upon you. So in Matthew 28, he says, I've got all power. Acts 1, 8, he says, I'm going to give it to you when I give you the Holy Spirit and then you're going to be witnesses unto me. Yeah. And all God's people say it. So we need God's power for the temptations we experience. The temptations we have to fight and deal with on a daily basis. Listen, we need God's power to accomplish the task that he's given us. And that is to go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Then see. Then see. <clears throat> Not only temptations, but the tasks we employ, but the trials. The trials we endure. This is just difficulties. Problems. Issues. Sicknesses, heartaches, heartbreaks. Second Timothy two one through three. Thou therefore, my son, what's the word? What did he say? Say it again. Be strong. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who may be able to teach others also. That's the that's the theme. That's the theme of DMD, guys. Disciples making disciples. Paul says, what I've taught you, you go teach somebody else so they can go teach somebody else. Right. Now watch what he says. First he says, be strong. Then he says, go make disciples. Then in verse 3, thou therefore endure hardness, hardness as a good soldier. 
I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to just be flat out honest with you guys. I don't think there's been anything we've ever tried in the ministry. And y'all know at Temple, we've tried a lot of stuff. We're not afraid to try something. We're not afraid to kill it and bury it and try something else. But I don't think I've ever been attacked, and I don't think our church has ever went through as much satanic attacks and, and struggles and difficulties when we started DMD. And truly making disciples. Teaching our people to go share their story and win people to Christ and teach them to win people to Christ. Listen, it's the book of Acts in living color. And we have to deal with junk. I'm going to tell you, in the Christian life, you're going to have to endure hardness. I'm afraid, I'm afraid for many years we have, we've kind of, I don't want to say preached a false gospel, but we've, we've, we've had false advertising. And, and you see it on TV all the time with the, with the presentation of a, of a gospel that says that when you trust in Christ, everything's going to be better in your life and, and, and you're going to have prosperity and wealth and, and your faith is going to, you know, all of this stuff. When That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said there's going to be times of difficulty. Jesus said there's going to be great tribulation. Jesus said that ye, we through much tribulation shall enter into the kingdom. He says endure hardness. Hardness as a good soldier. I don't know if you understand this or not, but a soldier is for war. This is not a game. This is not a game. There is a real adversary. There is a real devil who wants to kill you. He wants to destroy your families. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy the family unit. Why do you think everything that's happening in our country today why do you think the progressives are pushing the kind of agendas they're pushing? They're trying to destroy the family unit because churches are made up of families. That's right. That's right. And we're in a battle. We're in a fight. And we're gonna, it's going to require strength. He tells Timothy, be strong. Be strong. You're going to have to be tough. Listen. Not only the trials we endure, the temptations we experience, the tasks we employ, but D, the truth we exercise. The truth we exercise. And, and, and I use the word truth here to alliterate it, obviously, but I'm talking about the Bible. Don't flip. Don't flip. I hear flipping. Flip back over. Let's read our verse. Joshua 1, 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Moses has died. Joshua is fixing to lead the people into the promised land and to give them the inheritance that God has promised them. For unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou, everybody at Fairview say it with me, and be thou strong and very courageous. To do what? To do what? Is it to hold the spear? Is it to swing the sword? No, watch what he says. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou... Now watch what he's saying. He's not saying to meditate in it just so you can know it, but so that thou can observe to do it. To do according to all that is written therein. 
For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Now think about that. Think about that. I mean, they're fixing, to, they're fixing to go. Keep in mind that the first go around, the spies went into the land and they said, we look like grasshoppers. They are so big. They are so massive. The enemy is so overwhelming that we look like grasshoppers in their sight. And that's what they're, that's what they're fixing to face. They're fixing to face Jericho is going to be the first city, the great citadel of, of the promised land. And, and an incredible fortress, they're going to they're gonna face an enemy who is wicked and vile and, and, and just overwhelming. But he says, I need you to be strong and very courageous to obey this. He didn't say be strong and very courageous because you look like grasshoppers. He, he, didn't, say, he didn't say be strong and very courageous uh, because you're going to need strength to swing that sword. Preacher, what's the point? Because God never intended them. He said the battle is mine. That's right. That's right. Let this sink in because this is really coming to me right now. This was not in the notes and thank you Jesus. The battle's the Lord's. Amen. You realize when they went into Jericho all they did was blow the trumpets and shout? But what were they going to need strength and courage to do? Obey that. Yeah, being a Christian is different. You got to be different. You got to walk different. You can't look like the world and act like the world and talk like the world. You got to be separate. Come out from among them. Say it. Somebody say amen. amen. So yes, it's going to take strength to obey this. If you don't believe me, it says love your enemies. How many of y'all believe it takes strength to do that? Bless them that curse you and despitefully use you. Forgive them seven times 70. Now, if you don't think you need strength to do that, come on. Man, everything we've been talking about in the last six weeks, it takes God's power and strength to do that. So, preacher, why do we need strength? Because of the temptations we got to deal with, the tasks we have, the trials that we're going to have to endure, and more importantly, this Bible that we're going to have to accomplish. It's not enough to know it. It's not enough to have it on your shelf. Listen, it says that you're going to be blessed in doing it. He said, don't turn to the left or turn to the right, but do it. James said the same thing. The, the, the one who does it will be blessed in his deed. Not the hearing, but the doing. And we wonder why, we wonder why we've gone to church for years, we've walked in the doors, we've heard all the preaching in the world, but it's gone through one ear and out the other. And we wonder why we're getting our teeth kicked in by the devil. And struggling all the time. I've got to be honest, I don't see a victorious church. When I see people posting on Facebook all the time, I don't, see, I don't see victory. I don't see overcomers. I see people getting beat up and frustrated and fearful and struggling. 
There's hardly any difference at all from unbelievers to believers when it comes to their, their, their daily walk and their experience and their level of joy and their level of victory in their life. That's a problem. That's a problem. Man, we should be standing out in the pandemic. We should be standing out in the trials. We should be standing out in the storm. We should be full of grace. We should be full of joy. We should be full of faith. We should be full of power. Everybody in the country who's not a believer should be hunting us down saying, hey, what do you got that I need? Are we not the salt of the earth? Are we not the light of the world? But we're trying to do this Christian thing. In our own strength. In our own power. So how do you know we're doing that? Because I have. I have. Well, how do you know you're doing it on your own strength? Because I'm running out of it. You know how you know if you're doing, you're you're using your strength to accomplish this? You, You run out of it. They that wait on the Lord shall mount up as eagles. They shall run and not faint. So, well, I'm not fainting, but I'm breathing awful hard. (laughs) Am I preaching to anybody tonight? I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be that way. I want to be victorious. I want to be strong in the Lord. Man, I, I want to come through this thing and come out of this deal and let them see the power of Christ in me, not because of anything I've done, but so that I can give glory to God. So let me tell you what God's doing in this thing. Amen. Now, I don't think there's any question we all know why we need it, right? We can see that. This is obvious. All of these things are necessary. We, we, we need God's strength with all this. Now, let's talk a little while. How do we get it? How, you know, it's easy to say be strong in the Lord. Okay, I know that. Tell me how. How can I be strong in the Lord? How can I do what I need to do in his strength and not my own? How do I get his power in my life to accomplish it? How many of y'all ready to learn that? Say amen. All right, let's jump into point two. Now flip your page. All right. Look what it says. Let's go to our verse. Look at 11. He says, I'm praying. This is Paul praying for the the believers there at Colossae. I'm praying that you're strengthened with all might. Well, you'll see, you hear that a lot, don't you? He said, I have all power. He's saying here, I want you to have all might. In other words, he wants us to use everything that's allotted to us. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch. According, according to his, 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 God's power, his glorious, what? Power. So we see the source of our strength, the source of our strength. Zechariah 4, 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power. This is talking about human. Human might, human power. But by my spirit, spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Acts 4.31. When they had prayed, this is the early church, after they were threatened. They were threatened and, 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 and told not to be preaching in his name anymore. But they went and prayed about it. They didn't go whine about it. They didn't start a petition. They didn't go to the Roman governor. They went back to the church and prayed. And when they had prayed, 
The place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the... And they spake the word of God with boldness, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Now watch this. When they were filled with the Holy Ghost, when they prayed, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and with great... Come on, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. There's no way there's no way around the connection between the strength we need and the power we have to have in the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, uh, I want you to see, I want you to see here, here is, we'll see, one, two, three, four, five. Five practical steps, okay? Let's say this, let's say this. In front of us is an impossible task, okay? In front of us is that hard thing to do. Somebody, somebody give me an example. Somebody give me an example. I'll, I'll say Forgiving somebody that hurt me is a hard task. Couldn't we all agree on that? Tell me something else that's hard. As a Christian, it's hard that we need God's power. What do you think? Okay, witnessing to people. How many of y'all would agree that speaking to it? Sometimes witnessing to family is the hardest one to me. How many of y'all would agree that's difficult? Okay, we can put that there. Before we witness. We want to witness, but we're nervous. We're scared. You know, we're, 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 we're kind of fearful. Uh, so it could be witnessing. It could be forgiving the person that hurt us. Somebody give me another one. Staying away from temptation. That's a good one. That's a good one. How many of y'all know he's going to put it out there all in front of you? All the time. All the time. Especially if you've had past issues and struggles uh, with addictions or anything of that nature. Man, he's going to pile drive you all the time with that. And, and, and so temptation is out there. There's a, there's a temptation. Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do? How do we deal with it? Somebody give me another one. Any, anything else? Loving our enemy, loving our enemy. Okay, that's a good one. What'd you say? Faithfulness, just being faithful. Look around. Look around. I've seen it on Wednesday night where you probably couldn't get any seats in this middle. Oh, it's a pandemic. Ah, I've seen them everywhere else. They don't have no problem going to Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's just move right along. <clears throat> we, got a, we got a task in front of us, right? It's hard. It's difficult. You put whatever it is, whatever, we all have our issues. We all have our things that we stroke. Whatever it is, whatever's in front of you, here's what we do. Here's what we do. First thing we do, first step, write this down. We admit. We admit. What do we admit, preacher? What do we admit, guys? It's right there in your notes. Everybody say it. John 15, 5. Now listen, I printed all of them out for me. But I was going to have to have another whole piece of paper for y'all so y'all don't get it, okay? <clears throat> you can write it down later, amen? But here it is. John 15, 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For... For without me, ye can do nothing. 
Okay, so we're looking at this impossible task and we're just admitting to God, okay, God, I don't have what it takes. Now, it's not written in Scripture. It's not written in Scripture that I have found. But I, I have a sneaky suspicion that there was somewhere in that valley that, 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 that David went behind a rock out from everybody and said, Now, Lord, it's a big dude. How you know that? Because he's human. He's human. And somewhere along that line, he said, now, God, I don't have what it takes. I got this souped up sling and I'm good with it, but that's a big dude. We got to admit. Now, what happens when we admit that we can't do this? We stop relying on our own strength. Amen. So we admit, we admit, say it with me. We admit that. So we don't have what it takes. Whatever this impossible task is in front of us, Lord, I, I don't have what it takes to get this done. I, 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 I have to have you. I have to have you. Okay? Then B. B. Pray for God's help for the task at hand. Pray for God's help for the task at hand. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. Careful means anxious, worry. So you could put there, don't worry about anything. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request, request be made known unto God. Now, God, this person that I'm going to witness to, he's, a, he's an atheist. And, and, and Lord, I, he's very antagonistic. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of afraid. I'm fearful. And I want to witness to him. And I believe that's what you want me to do. But God, I can't do it. I need you. I need your help. I need your power. I need your strength. I need your wisdom to know what to say. God, help me. Just the other day, just the other day, I can't remember whether it was Minnesota or Detroit. Uh, it was up north somewhere. It was in one of the motels we had to stay in when we were going to all those churches. We stayed in, I don't know, four or five of them. And, and uh, I came in. <clears throat> no, it was in Atlanta. It was in Atlanta. Uh, uh, that ain't too far north. <laughs> hey, it don't matter. They centers in Atlanta, too. <clears throat> and I walked in, and I walked in, and I wanted to witness to the lady, you know, the lady at the counter. Because, I mean, that's what we've been teaching. We just, no matter where you are, share your story, witness, you know. And, and so I engaged this person, and, 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 and I said, ma'am, I said, do you know Jesus loves you? She said, well, I'm not a religious person. And just as soon as she said it, I was like, oh. I know y'all are brave, but I'm a chicken. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, where's this going to go? And immediately I started saying, God help me. Well, I believe in the higher power. Well, all of a sudden... I started saying stuff that I didn't plan on saying. And it was good. I'm like, that's good. I said, ma'am, I believe in a higher power too, but I believe his name is Jesus. And I'm going to pray to Jesus for you. And, and I just started, but immediately I realized, this, I'm out of my league with this one. How am I going to respond? The first thing I did, I said, Lord, I can't help me. 
And, I'm, I'm, and I didn't get on my knees and go in the clock. In, in, in about five seconds, I said uh, both of them prayers. You know what? God started giving me what to say. Amen. The Holy Spirit started, you know, I, I wasn't able to lead her to the Lord there, but I was able to plant a seed. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. So when you're faced with that deal, first thing you got to do is admit, I can't do this. Lord, I can't do this without you. Lord, help me. God, give me, give me what I need. Be specific. I, I, I've told you this before, but there was a time I was preaching down in Florida, and there was like three or four preachers that was there that was very intimidating to me. One's very academic, intellectual, you know, probably ain't never wore camouflage in his life. <clears throat> and just a, just a, it's Johnny Pope. You know, remember Johnny Pope? Well, he's there, and, and Dr. Brown was there. He was the president of the college. I'm like, man, if I screw this up, he's going to take my diploma away, you know? <laughs> and all these guys, Brother McCormick and all of them were in there, and, and, it was, and, it, and, and it's really tough preaching early in the morning. I mean, it just is when you got a crowd out there that's probably mad that they have to be there, you know? I mean, and it's, it was a camp meeting, half of them are preachers, and, and you just have to be a preacher to understand the difficulty and the magnitude of that because all the other preachers are mad and jealous because they're not up here preaching. And then, so they're really not going to give you the stank eye while you're preaching. It's tough. I mean, it's just a tough atmosphere. And I'm sitting there in the trailer before I go over there, and I'm, I'm scared to death. I'm telling you. And I just prayed. And I mean, I was as sincere. I said, Lord. I know this is probably prideful that I want to do good, but I'm sorry. Forgive me in my pride. Let me do good. Lord, help me. And I, I'm telling you, I'm just begging him, knowing I got to have him. I got to have him. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I don't think I've ever preached as, with as much God on me before or after than that time right there. It was incredible. It was the most amazing thing. And, and it was because I was totally dependent on God. Totally. So we admit, I can't do this. Admit that I cannot do this without you, God. Then pray and say, God, help me to do this. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, I do that all the time, but you don't do the third. We got the first two down pat. It's like we do the first two, the admit and the pray, and then we go right into the action but we forget a, a very significant point and a very significant step in accomplishing what we need to accomplish. All right? So let's, let's, let's review. A, we must. Okay, there's more to it. Okay, let's try this again. A. B. C. Trust. Trust a particular promise of God's help. What is that? It's faith. It's faith. Do you realize that your faith is only as good as the object of the faith? In other words, you can't just have faith. I've heard people say, I'm a man of faith. I said, faith in what? What is your faith in? This woman behind the counter was, was in a higher power. She was hoping there was this cosmic something floating around out there. But your faith is only as good as the object of your faith. 
My faith was in the Lord Jesus Christ who spoke this world into existence. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Somebody say amen. amen. You see, so when we, when we go into this impossible task, we need to have faith in something. You say, what is that something? His promise. His promise. Do y'all remember when I told you that I went and shared my faith with a person that God had told me to? My barber, remember that? And, and, and I was so nervous and I, I, you know, and I was scared. And, I said, and you know what I was doing? I did all the, those. I said, Lord, I can't do this without you. Please help me. And you know what I started doing? I started quoting verses. Now, Lord, you said, you said in Matthew 28, you said all power was given to you in earth and heaven. And, and so I, I was supposed to go make disciples. You said you'd be with me. You said I would have power when the Holy Ghost has come upon me. What was I doing? I was quoting back to him what he said. And so I'm putting my trust in what he said to accomplish what he sent me to do. Are y'all with me? It's, it's a step of faith. Watch this. Watch this. Go back. Go back. Y'all are looking at me funny. Go back. Go back. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. At the very top, I'm crucified with Christ. You remember? At the very top. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith. faith. There's that trust. You're trusting that God will do what he said he would do. Does this make sense? You're not just saying, I can't do this, help me. No, you're going to get a verse. You're going to get a verse that's going to support what you're fixing to do, and you're going to trust it. I remember, I remember, <clears throat> I remember times when, when I was a little old bitty kid, little old bitty kid. I remember going to one of the coolest things we ever did, got, got to go to a motel with a swimming pool. Everybody goes to resorts now, Disney World now. When I was a kid, you went to a motel with a swimming pool. That was your vacation. And we thought it was the greatest thing in the world. A greatest thing in the world. And I remember, even as a little bitty kid, Dad sitting in the pool, and us sitting up there with our floaties on, and, and I don't know how I can remember that far back, but I can remember that far back, and hearing him say, trust me. I will catch you. With his arms stretched out just like that. Come on. Come on. And I'm wanting to. But I got to trust that he'll do what he said he would do. And he did. But let me tell you. You can trust your heavenly father way more than you can trust your earthly father. God will do what he said he will do. And if you find a promise in his word, honey, you could take it to the bank. And you're not, see, that moves, that moves, amen, that moves your trust in your own ability and the trust in your own strength and the trust in your own talent and it's transferring to God. I know I can't do this. I need you to help me and I'm trusting that you'll do what you said you'll do right here. Church, say amen. amen. Now, let's skip the next two and then we'll come back to it. All right, do y'all see that down there? Verses to memorize? Y'all see that? Hurry now. We've got 11 minutes, people. Do y'all see it? 
Okay, now, I didn't give them to you, but I got them right here. Because I didn't give y'all extra paper. I'm saving money. Say amen. <laughs> but I'm going to read. I'm going to read the verses that you got here. Now, what's the point? What's the point? One of these, one of these will be a promise that you can depend on to accomplish that impossible task. You will find something in these verses. And if there, and, and by the way, this is just a handful of the thousands of promises that are in God's word. All right, watch this promise. Watch this promise. Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Somebody say amen. amen. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? Now imagine if you had that memorized when you step out to, in faith to do that impossible thing and you're quoting it, I will help thee. I will strengthen. Are y'all with me? There's something about his, his word. His word gives you power. It gives you strength. Look, Philippians 4.19. All right, you got, a, you got a financial problem. You got a financial issue. 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, what, what can't you do with that? Now, don't, don't, don't get crazy now. Don't get crazy. Don't buy five things you can't afford and live above your means and expect God to pay for your foolishness. This says, my God shall supply all your need. Now, he expects you to have some common sense. Are y'all with me? Anyway, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and God is able, say that with me, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. That's a pretty good promise, wouldn't you say? Right. Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my and I will not what man shall do unto me. That's a good one to memorize. Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. That's a pretty good promise. Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Psalms 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 50, 15. And call upon me in the day of... Oh, my stars. It's not up there? Y'all said it wasn't up there. <laughs> let's try it. You ready? And call upon me. Let's all read it. And say it again. That's a pretty good promise. Amen. Would you agree that a day of trouble is a impossible thing would you agree that he promised to deliver us so that we can isn't that what we said in the very beginning 
You see, God on purpose puts impossible things so he can show what he can do. So we will. And all God's people say it. All right. James 4, 7. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Come on. Resist the devil. devil. And you know what? How many of y'all know we need to quote that when we face that temptation? You see where I'm going with this? Your trust is not in your ability anymore. You're trusting in what he said. Now, God, you said this. If it's a lie, you told it. Well, guess what? God cannot lie. So if you do what he says, he'll do what he says. Amen? Man, this is good. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Watch this. Oh, how many of you have been through some garbage lately? Come on, raise your hand. Just tough times, difficulty, hardships. How many of y'all been wanting to quit before? Come on, raise your hand. Watch this. And he said unto me, my great, now, 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 before I read that, keep in mind that Paul is talking about a very painful thorn. It doesn't say what the thorn is. And I think that's on purpose. Because, because everybody's thorn is different. Some people speculate that it was his eyesight. Because when, you know, he was blinded on the road to, uh, on the road to Damascus, it, you know, he said, see how large a letter I've written. His, his eyesight was very, very bad. So that was a thorn. It, it hindered, it complicated his writing and his ministry. Some people said it was his ugliness, said he was an ugly man. Some commentators they speculate that it was, it was the Judaizers that would hunt him down everywhere he'd go and try to mess up his ministry because he said it's the messenger of Satan to buffet me. And the word buffet means to rap with the fist. Can you imagine being the pain in Paul's perception was to be just being punched with a fist in the face. It was very painful. It was very difficult. It was something so difficult and so painful that he went to God three different times begging God to take it away. But watch what God says. And he said unto me, say it with me, my for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the may and all God's people say it. This painful situation is in front of you. God, I don't have what it takes. I don't have the strength to do this, Lord. Please help me. Please help me. Now, Lord, you said your grace would be sufficient for this difficulty. Now, God, I'm going to trust in your grace. I'm putting my faith in your word that you said your grace would be sufficient for me. Does this make sense? Then what do we do? We admit, we pray, we trust. We're not just trusting to trust. We get a verse. We get a verse. We find a verse that has to do with a promise for our situation. And then we act. D, 
We act upon what you believe God is asking you to do. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And by the way, Romans 1, 17 and 2 Corinthians 5, 7 is we walk by faith. We live by faith. That's that trust part we were talking about. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You admit, God, I can't do this. You pray, God, help me with this. You trust, you find a verse, and you, put your, you, you just put your foot down and say, God, I'm going to believe that you said this. I'm going to trust your word and act upon it. Act upon it. Do it. Don't wait for a feeling. Don't wait for lightning. Don't wait for some flash in the sky. Do what he told you to do. Because it's in the act of the doing that the power will come. Amen. Let me say that. In the act, listen, until, if y'all remember, when, when, when Joshua and those priests, they had to step into the water before it split. You just got to go. You just got to believe that God will be there when you get there. Somebody say Amen. Act upon what you believe God is asking you to do. Then E, thank God for the help that you receive. In all three of those examples that I gave a while ago where I begged God and I said, God, I don't have what it takes to do this. In all three of them, God showed up. God showed up. And all I could do was just thank him and say, what a God. He's so awesome. Amen. Now watch. Now watch. we got a minute and 30 seconds. The results of strength. Look what he says. Verse 11. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power under all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. So we have three things. Patience, longsuffering, and joyfulness. Now here's how to explain that. You say, well, patience and longsuffering is the same thing. But in this context, it means two different things. Patience is dealing with your circumstances, right? Long-suffering is dealing with people. Are y'all with me? Now, how many of y'all know sometimes we need some real patience for our circumstances? But how many of y'all know sometimes we need more patience for the people that's causing them circumstances? That's what he's saying. God is going to give you the ability to endure the circumstances and also the people. Because I got to be honest, sometimes it's hard, it's harder dealing with people than it is the circumstances. And how do we do it? It's not gritting our teeth, grinning and bearing it. We will be able to do it with, come on, with joy. Everybody look, there's four seconds left on the clock. I did it! And all God people say it amen. amen let's all stand stand with us at fairview stand with us at fairview man we're so glad that y'all are here with us tonight be strong in the lord say it with me be strong. quit doing it on your own quit trusting in your own ability quit trusting in your own power i can do all things through which strengtheneth me and keep in mind 
The reason God gives us impossible tasks is not to see us fail. It's so he can do it for us. So we will turn around and give him. Does that make sense now? That's why. I don't know why God put such a hard thing on me. I'll tell you why. Because he wants to do it for you. He wants to accomplish it for you. He wants to give you his power and his strength so you can turn around and say, what a God. What a God. Church, say amen. Amen.